This is your Places Call. You're listening to Theatrical Thoughts. I'm Emily Wyra. And I'm Jessica Fight. And today we are joined by Mark Levine. Mark is a Broadway producer who has worked on shows such as Town, Company, Be More Chill, Lifespan of Fact, and many more. And he is currently working on a new show, show called Fly More Than You Fall. Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Oh my God, my pleasure. So nice to meet you both. Very excited to be part of your podcast. We are so excited to have you. We've been looking forward to this. Same here. Absolutely. Same here. So we love to open our show with our 60 second life story segment, which is exactly as it sounds. I'm going to set my good old stopwatch and you're going to give us, you know, your whole life in a minute. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> uh, 55 years and 30 and 60 seconds. All right. I'm ready for the challenge. For a year almost. <laughs> I'm ready. Tell All me right. what 60 seconds goes. Ready for this? All right, here we go. I was born in Long Island, New York. I grew up with a mother who loved community theater and I did community theater as a, uh, watching her as a uh, young man myself. Uh, loved Broadway, they introduced me to Broadway at a young age, got to see Pippin. And here I am 11 years later, I've been raising money for shows, bringing investors into shows and just found a beautiful show called Fly More Than You Fall in Utah a few years ago. And I've been working to develop it under COVID. And right now we're like moving forward. And I think this show has the best of Dear Evan Hansen, Come From Away, Pippin, some of my favorite shows of all time. And I am so excited about sharing my new passion of theater, which has been going on for 11 years with everyone listening today. Open to all questions and that's me in 52 seconds. Oh, in the other 10 seconds, I'm born 6666. So I'm as crazy as you need to be to get into the world of theater. And I am done. That was amazing. <laughs> crazy as you need to be. Crazy as you need to be in the world of theater. That is fact. I mean, <laughs> it is fascinating industry, but we gotta love it. We gotta love it. <laughs> I do, I do, I do. So now you mentioned that you kind of grew up surrounded by the arts. So I guess how did you sort of find your passion for it? My parents, my mother did community theater as I was growing up and she brought me along to Usher at the plays when I was like eight or 10 or whatever. And they introduced me to Broadway at a very young age, would take my siblings and I into the theater, into the theater and I loved it. And I, as I said, the first show I saw was Pippin with Ben Vereen and uh, was very upset a few years ago when I had the chance to joined the co-producing team of Pippin, the timing didn't work and I was unable to join that producing team. And it was such a beautiful revival with Andrew Martin and great cast and the creative team on that show was fantastic. Uh, but things come full circle. And now I'm, you know, going into raising money for my own show. And I'm gonna be, I wanna be the father, the parent of bringing this young musical uh to Broadway yeah. so exciting it must be such an exciting prospect to like kind of work on something from the ground up like this yeah it's very exciting because in the past I've raised money for shows both on both off broad off Broadway ish would be more chill which was a few years ago and in London with a revival of sideshow um not sides not a revival of sideshow a revival of Carousel, a showboat, sorry, showboat. And then got to do Be More Chill is in London now. Um, I was involved with a company that was in London last year and 
that won the Olivier Award for Best Revival. So I am now living with someone named Olivier and got a Tony last year, fortunate enough to be involved with Hades Sound, like you mentioned, which won the Tony. So uh, now I'm living with an Olivier and a Tony. So we have a wonderful relationship. They just sit on the mantle. They don't bother me. Uh, you know, they don't talk back. Um, and uh, let's see what the future has in store for this new show that I, I found on my own. And I love being parts of these producing teams on these shows and getting to work with some great lead producers. I mean, like the best um, and getting to sit in on the meetings and it'll be a whole nother journey now that I'm the one that got the rights and is undertaking this show. Okay, that's awesome. And just the fact that you like have these awards, I would just put them like right behind me in my Zoom. So whenever someone came on the Zoom, you're like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I know, I used to set it up this way, but in my office, I, I keep those at home and I'm in the office now. And you know, it's good. I still have, you know, the Tony Ward, you know, the nomination certificates for like Carousel got nominated for Revival and Be More Chill got some off-Broadway kind of before it moved to Broadway nominations. So yeah, I'm like, it's really fun. It's a, it's a very fun passion as you guys are pursuing it as your passion. Your theme was you know, Hamilton and you have the musical nose behind you. So it takes a unique kind of crazy person to want to enter a field that's so non, you know, like we, we didn't have any work for the last year theater or catering. I'm involved in the catering world. And those are, you know, two industries that were like basically closed down. So yeah. the, the lockdown did give me time to focus on Fly More Than You Fall. And it gives me the opportunity to kind of do some calls and spend a little more time that way that wasn't taking away from my other work. So. Yeah, definitely. So pre-pandemic, walk us through a day of your life when you're working as a producer on Broadway. Sure. Pre-pandemic, it was a lot of me promoting the shows that I'm involved with. You know, I'm currently on Company, which has announced its reopening, 80s Town, um, Tina, the Tina Turner musical. And um, those were the three shows I had on Broadway when the shutdown happened and American Buffalo was about to go into rehearsals. So that was loading in. Um, and then I had some shows that I was working on coming down the path, the uh, Britney Spears Once Upon a One More Time, which is gonna be uh, announced, it's gonna be running in DC for a month, December, end of November, end of December. Um, so a lot of my day pre-COVID was trying to put together Group nights of group nights to get my friends to go to the shows because not only do I like to get involved on the producing side, but you know, as a co-pro, you get to go to the meetings once every few months, the marketing meetings. But I like to do a little more. I like to try to get groups of people together to go to the shows. So a few days before the pandemic, I had 121 people at company the Monday night before the shutdown. So for, a for myself and a majority of my friends, investors and theater lovers, company was the last show we all got to see 
before the shutdown. So I'm either spending my day trying to find other projects to get involved with on the co-producing side, you know, and, and meeting and talking to prospective investors to see if they're interested in getting involved with a show. Um, I get asked a lot, I get a lot of emails from creative people asking me to read their scripts or people involved with the show asking me to help them raise money. Or what I like to do is try to meet with as many young people or not even young people, people that want to start raising money for shows and get their foot in the door as a co-pro. Um, so I spent a few hours a week talking to students or parents, friends, kids in high school who are like just very involved with theater and trying to share my experience um, and trying to just talk about theater, getting them involved or how do they get involved or how will they go about raising money for shows, which is a lot of what the co-producers do. You know, co-producers are really, we're the money raisers and I have to raise. I'm not someone with unlimited funds who could just like write the check, write the check. I have to hustle and, you know, speak to a hundred people, you know, the minimum raise usually to get involved with a produce, co-producer credit is anywhere from $250,000 up, slightly a little bit less on a play, but it's hard. I don't care if you're 20 or 120, asking people to trust you by giving them, by giving you their money to put in a show, it's a lot of work. And, but theater is a, a passion investment. It's a lot of fun. Um, and hopefully we get people involved with shows that they're passionate about that hopefully will make money. Um, but, you know, it's for investors, it's being, or for co-producers, it's being part of the process, like going to the opening night and, you know, if the show's a hit, getting access to buying, getting house seats. When, it, when you know, like, oh, your grandma's coming up, right, call me up, I'm gonna get you and your grandmother tickets to help get you tickets to go see, you know, Tina or company, you know, when they sell out. So. That's like, that's my, those were my pre-COVID theater days. And now my post-COVID, as, as much as post-COVID we can say that we're in, is telling investors on a daily basis about Fly More Than You Fall, trying to get people interested in a new, new, truly new musical that's not based on a board game or a movie or a TV show, because I, I need to still hope that there's space in the Broadway landscape for shows that are truly original, like Come From Away and Dear Evan Hansen and Fun Home and those type of intimate shows that you really needed investors and people behind you that agree that there needs to be new material by new writers and music that hasn't it isn't based on pre-existing material or, or someone's song. And I love Jukebox. I was a producer on uh, On Your Feet, the Gloria Estefan musical. I saw it probably 200 times. I loved it. I saw it in Dallas. I used to be like a roadie. I would travel around just to see On Your Feet. You know, like, like in the movie Almost Famous. I loved it. And the Tina Turner musical now, 
Adrian Warren is the best. Said like, I love all types of plays, all types of musicals. And when I saw Flymore, it resonated with me as this, such a beautiful story and such beautiful music that I think there is a space for as we get, as Broadway opens, as theater opens, um, to appeal to a very wide range audience. You know, I love Be Marcello as part of Be Marcello. Uh, the audience, target audience, it made it a little tough for it to be the success that it should have been. And I think with Flymore, we have a show that's more for the moms, the grandmoms, the grandkids, the dads, the families. It's a universal story um, that really will resonate as people start to learn more and more about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I would love to hear more about sort of the storyline of it and how the piece has evolved and what your sort of, what stood out to you when you first saw it. You said it really resonated with you. Yeah. It started, it started about, I want to say four years ago at Syracuse University where they did that first workshop. Didn't hear about it. I didn't go to Syracuse. My nephew goes there now, so I, I visited it recently. But then about a year or so later, they did a workshop of it in New York, a 29 hour reading. Again, I did not, wasn't involved with it. This was in, uh, I don't know, probably two years ago. And then the Utah Valley University was there at, in New York in the room, in the room where it happened, just to throw a little Hamilton reference. And they brought the show to Utah. And one of my former cater waiters had posted on Facebook that he was flying out to Utah to, um, to perform the role of the father in the show. So I'm thinking, oh, I have to, uh, I'm gonna fly out to Utah. I'm gonna go for a weekend. I'll stay in Salt Lake. I'll take a 45 minute car to see the show on a Friday and Saturday night. And you know, no, no, support my friend. And the night I went, I just fell in love with the music. You know, I honestly thought, I'm like, okay, the story's, the story's good. You know, the story's, it's a little confusing to me. But the night, I, the second night when I went back and I understood it a little more and the story was a little clearer, I still, I laughed, I cried. I walked out of the theater, like uplifted. It had all those emotions there that really resonated with me. And when I was watching it the second night, in more of a producer eye, because the first time I went, I was like, um, I'm going to see it to support. No, I had no other expectations. But after that first night, I thought, well, let me see if there's maybe a commercial sense of the show. And I looked around the audience and I, and it just, I saw people so engrossed and so engaged with the show. And then after the show, the writer, the lyricist, not Zagree, did a talk back with some of the cast members. And he was, it was so engaging. Like I was like on the edge of my seat, hearing him and the young members and the members of the cast talk about what the show had meant to them. Um, it's the stories about a, a young girl who wants to be a writer, she's 14 years old, and she's writing her story about a bird, about a bird with no wings. So the bird is also another character on the stage as she's creating this fantasy story. Yet the girl, Malia, central character, 
is afraid to walk up, to try to climb up that mountain because she's afraid what awaits her if she gets up there, if her wings are broken. So it's, it's about her trying to pursue her dreams to climb and to keep reaching forward, but af afraid. And she finds out the next, so when she goes to writing camp, the kids mock her. Oh, you're writing a story about a, a bird in the wing. So cute. And she's like, F this, I'm out of here. Like, I, I don't need this. And she meets the, a guy that's become her best friend. And they sing a song, the title song, live each day you're living, live each day you've got. Don't let fear and madness bring you sadness. That's a lesson I've been taught. Open up your mind and you will find that you can fly more than you fall. Which is such a touching, and I listen to the song a lot under COVID, right? It's like, don't, because we all, you know, didn't know what was out there for us. And do we just stop doing what we're doing? and like sit in our beds or in our living rooms, or do we just keep moving forward and you know keep reaching to the top of that mountain because you will fly. I know this sounds you will fly more than you fall. I mean, it's, it was just a beautiful message. And in the theater, they had a clothesline with paper birds, and they an audience members wrote messages to people that they had lost of cancer and brought pictures. And I'm thinking. This is something that should be done in every high school, in every college. It, it can be done from Seoul, Korea to Salt Lake City. Because they're already done Salt Lake City, now we need to get it to Seoul. It's, it's a universal message. And like I said, I left, a lot of people said, how did you feel when you left? Right? Like, what, what's your takeaway from, from this theater, which is a shared experience that we all go to theater to, to be together. And it's, it's what I said before, I was, I laughed, I cried, but I left like uplifted. It's, it's not a cancer story any more than come from a ways in 9-11 story. This is a story about pursuing your dreams and not, you know, even in the face of adversity and with some really cute, catchy music. Like I left humming the music and I'm not a good singer, but it's, I still left singing it and, I, and the songs stick in my head. Um, and I can't wait for you to delve into the, music and let me know your thoughts because I love hearing people's opinions on it because we're still in such that beginning stage. Like people say, investors say, can I give you a comment about the script? And I'm like, yes, yes. I want everyone to feel part. Every investor, every co-producer, I want this to be, a, I'm building a family, right? I'm building the Flymore family. And we're now, you know, we're about to announce our director. Um, and it was very important to both the writer and lyricist that we bring in new voices, female voices, BIPOC voices, um, not because that became a very political thing in the past year and a half, but because when they wrote this story years or five years ago, they had that in mind for the, for the story. Um, so I reached out to four female directors under COVID because again, I was doing it on my own, didn't hire anyone. And one of the directors, the director we hired, who will be announced shortly, emailed me that night and she said, Mark, I've never cried when I read a script. She says, this is my story to tell. I lost both my mother and father to cancer. I lost my 21 year old brother to cancer. I am Malia. Like I am that central character. And 
this was six months ago and three months ago when we were about to sign her, I said, tell me your vision. I want to make sure it matches the writer. And the vision was exactly the same. I had take the beginning and make it a little clearer for the audience to understand, make it less YA audience and make it for everybody. And she's like, that's it. And here we are. They've started reworking the script. Uh, we are, we're waiting to announce her, but she's a wonderful female director outside of Chicago, uh, who's been doing some great stuff there, but this will be her first, what we hope, Broadway bound. That is incredible. Okay, I got chills so many times when you were talking about this. You're like, yeah, when I, can we see this? <laughs> well, well, hope, well, you can hear the music soon. Um, when you could see it, we are hoping to be going to a, a few states within the next six months to do little writer retreat, writer retreats with a kind of maybe one hour concert version of it, five numbers at, towards the end. And uh, as far as other updates about the show, I'll have to, I'll share them with you and your listeners as they are ready to be shared. Well, we are I so excited. I, fingers crossed all goes well. This sounds amazing. And it seems like such a powerful story. Like this is the epitome of what we love about the theater. It's, it's amazing. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think so. Look, I've never, I'm climbing up the mountain, right? I'm putting as many roadblocks in my way too. I'm a first time lead producer. Um, this started under COVID. No one knows what the future, what Broadway's gonna look like in the future, but we're taking a very slow path as far as going out of town, go out of town, kind of like what Dear Evan Hansen did. I wanna build this up out of town. I want new voices to be exposed to this show, you know? Um, I went to Indiana University for two years. My writer and lyricist went to Indiana. Um, the show takes place in Indiana. So maybe we'll be in Indiana doing something, who knows, right? Um, but for me, it's about getting new voices on the creative side and on the investor side and on the co-producer side. And I wanna help people learn how to be a co-producer on a show, how, to, how do you do the things you need to do to get that seat at the table and to go to the marketing meetings and the advertising meetings. Um, and I want people to be a bigger part of the process than I necessarily were on some of the shows. And, you know, everyone runs their organization differently. And I am lucky. I've, I've loved the lead producers I've been able to, to raise money for and observe them. I hope I can be that guy. Yeah, that's amazing. I will be. So I guess, what about the show you think is the most unique? I mean, besides the fact that it's completely original, like what, what else do you think about it is so unique? I think that it's just a beautiful, the, both the writer and the lyricist lost a parent to cancer. So that's what they bring to the show. They're two guys out of New York that brought that that's their story, right? The first director that we worked with under COVID uh, was a, is a female, di female artistic director out of Chicago. And her mother is a cancer survivor and she's a mom. 
So she was able to work this script with the guys, bringing on that mom, cancer, daughter of a cancer survivor, female voice. So having her voice on it brought the script from like, uh, like 72% Broadway ready to like 81% Broadway ready. And now we have another female voice on the show, a BIPOC director who lost both of her parents and her brother. So by getting her now on it, it's, it's a whole, it's like the progression of what a show should be as it, as it makes its way to Broadway. Um, so that's very exciting. The changes that they have in store for the scripts, although I haven't read them yet, they just told me. I'm not a writer, I'm not, you know, that's not my strength, is also very exciting for me. Like, they're gonna take those 20 minutes in the beginning and change it so that'll really make it a really interesting impact on the show. Um, and I'm hoping we had another few songs. I, I, people are gonna, getting tired of hearing me play it in my office over and over and over and over and over and over again. And these guys, the writer and the lyricist Nat and Eric Holmes and Nat's agree are super, super, super talented guys. Nat played, um, um, oh my God, Million Dollar Quartet, Jerry Lee Lewis, sorry. You know, so he's got that outgoing personality and Eric has written for The Good Wife and uh, the sequel to that, which is on Apple or Amazon Prime. Um, so they both bring like different skills and they work really well together. And this new director is just gonna even push it further. So that's, that makes me motivated to wake up every day and like spend some of my day talking about the show and trying to push my passion onto others because people get nervous investing in Broadway. is like kind of very risky gamble. But, you know, by hearing my passion, listening to the music and as, as it progresses, we were in New York Theater Barn last week that we did two numbers on the New York Theater Barn with wonderful actresses, Merritt Marsh, who's plays little um, Tina and Tina Turner, Senator Park, who was in Hamilton, and Nicholas Oliveri. They did two of the songs, and my parents listened, and they're like, oh, we get it now. We get, we get this musical, this Flymore musical that you're doing. Yeah, like, we get it. I'm like, oh, thank God, right? Yeah, they're big musical people, but they, it was hard to explain to them, like, in the last five months, like, yeah, I'm doing a musical, it's called Flymore, the bomb. They were like, so, Getting my, getting my parents to actually get to see this and see what we're doing was great. Like that, you know, so. We got a fun show. In Utah, they said, you know, Broadway or Bus, could this be the next Dear Evan Hansen? I'm like, I would love to be half the success of Dear Evan Hansen or Come From Away. Again, like two shows I absolutely love and I'm not involved with either one, but I talk about them like they were like my children. I love the teens behind those shows and, it's just great. Okay, your passion for the show, this is making me so excited. I can so see how everybody can get behind this. Like, I'm waiting <laughs> for this to go so far. I'm so excited to see this. I, yeah, thank you, I hope so. So I'm really curious, you know, you're mentioning Dear Evan Hansen, Come From Away, obviously Fly More. You know, these are all original works and I think that there's something to be said for that. So why do you think that it's so important to have these original stories on Broadway? And how do you hope that Flymore can sort of hopefully play into that if it goes? Yeah. 
Um, I think it's important to have original musicals on Broadway because that's, there are so many creative people out there. So many people, I see them daily, you know, working with them with my catering and event company and staffing. There's so much talent out there that there needs to be people that are gonna try to promote newer work and work done by these artists. Because if we can't get more new musicals or new plays, both plays, musicals, if we can't get more originality on Broadway or on stage, then it's then everything's just gonna be rehashed material. I was reading a newsletter of one of the Broadway newsletters a few weeks ago, and they listed 10 shows under development, and they were all based on a movie or a TV show or 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 something else. For me, that's not really that's not really a new musical. Like that's an adapted, it's like the Oscars, right? There should be a category, maybe new musicals and adapted from pre-existing. I'm gonna probably get so many yell, people yelling at me for saying that, but it is what, you know? A new musical should be new writers creating new music based on, on an original type of story. And that's what Fun Home did that so beautifully. Or Putnam County Spelling Bee or Godspell or Pip or Pippin, right? Or so we need people to still get behind, whether it's co-producers, investors, um, the media, we need there to still be a space for that to come. And I think Flymore has that same intimate, we're making it a very intimate type of show, like, like Come From Away has the cast of 10 or 12 with a very simple set that works to telling the story of the show. You know, it's a beautiful story that doesn't need crazy sets or crazy costumes. And you go out and you leave still feeling like, oh my God, this show is great. You know, the, my, this my, Flymore takes place in a high school. Like, I don't need the guy, I don't need the, the students in Lululemon or Giorgio Armani or Versace. You know, we need, we need to tell a story and let the music and the story be what brings, ties people together to, to the show. Um, and I hope by giving the show new voices and giving exposure and the opportunity for new voices to be part of the Broadway landscape. You know, yes, it's 10 more rocks because I'm not hiring name brand this, name this. But if I'm gonna walk up to the, you know, climb to the top of the mountain, let me see what awaits. Yeah, I think that's, so that's, that's why I feel that truly new musicals. I keep playing with the idea of titling it truly, you know, fly more than you fall, truly a new musical. So when they say, and the Tony goes to truly a new musical, you know, then we know we can all run up on the stage. Um, but that's what we have. We really have truly an original musical that can relate to every country, to every, every state, to every high school. You know, there's nothing controversial. Like I said before, it could play from Saudi Arabia to Salt Lake City, you know? So it's it's a universal show with a universal message. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's so important. Yeah. I, wow, that's amazing. So how can listeners get involved and support Fly More Than You Fall as it tries to make its way to Broadway? That's a great question. I had no, I didn't even know. Let's say I, we have a Facebook page, Fly More Than You Fall as a Facebook page. 
that we will be updating more and more as things develop. Fly More Than You Fall has an Instagram page, an Instagram page, an Instagram page. Um, Gemini Theatrical Investors is on Instagram and Gemini Theatrical Investors is also on Facebook. And you could follow Mark, M-A-R-C, D. Levine, also on, also on Instagram. And we are gonna try, I would love, to, we are gonna try to make theater goers around the world a part of our process. And we want to share as our show makes its journey to wherever that, you know, however high up the mountain we get, we are gonna be over, I don't say oversharing, but we really wanna get people involved. And we are gonna make theater goers from 10 to 110, whether it's in New York or anywhere, feel part of the process. And we're, the writer and the lyricist are very much on the same page with me that we want to, you know, share it. Like, oh, Gemini Theatrical started a TikTok page. You will not see me doing any of it, but you know what? Maybe I'll lip sync Fly More on TikTok. Oh. You know, Look, the music is out there. The, the songs are on our Facebook page. So like anyone listens and wants to do a, a TikTok to the main song or again, I am 55. So I do TikTok a few times with my nephews and nieces and that's it. But we want to embrace all the social media platforms so that we can share this show and the journey that this show is going to be taking, whether it's a one year journey, two years, three years, some shows take, look, it started in Syracuse like three or four years ago. And if we make it to Broadway, that's probably gonna be another good year, year and a half, two years. So I want everyone to be a part of the process, uh, especially because our music is so catchy now. And yeah. Find a way, follow Flymore, follow Marty Levine. Just don't show up in my apartment and follow me. Just follow me on, on social media. Um, so, and if you guys need anything, you guys just know how to reach out to me. Thank you. You'll have good seats for opening night. I can't promise you center orchestra, but you know, we'll figure that out. <laughs> we'll make sure we're there. All right. Okay. I am so excited about this show. I hope that it goes so far because I want to see it so many times. Like, I want to see it all the times. This is amazing. Um, we are best uh, audience members. Oh, <laughs> oh, thanks. This is great. I, I can't wait. I, I really hope you love the, or as passionate about some of the songs as I am. I and think I, that based on how you're talking about it, we probably will be. <laughs> well, best of luck to you. This is incredible. And I hope that our listeners can go follow on all of the platforms and really get behind the show because I think that the story here is so worth telling and support original musicals on Broadway, obviously. And this is so exciting. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. I'm so glad I got to meet you too and be part. And I wish you two the best of luck with your podcast. It is so exciting. Thank I love you. that you're doing this. I love you're it. We love hearing about this. And as he said, to connect with Mark on Instagram, follow at Mark D. Levine, where you can keep up to date on all updates for Fly More Than You Fall. Mark and with the C, sure with the C, Mark with the C. Mark yes. C. Yeah. And be sure to follow Theatrical Thoughts at Theatrical Thoughts Podcast on Instagram as well. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you again, Mark. And we will see you in the next one. I look Bye. forward to it. Thank you. Bye.